0: Today with Claire Byrne on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Cash and Carry Kitchens. At the heart of Irish homes for over 40 years, cashandcarrykitchens.ie.
1: Email todaycb at rte.ie.
0: Well Warren Gatlin's Wales will be in town tomorrow afternoon taking on Ireland in the Six Nations. Andy Farrell's men will be hoping for a victory that will keep them on course for an historic second Grand Slam in a row. Former Ireland and Leinster hooker Bernard Jackman is here. Hi Bernard. Morning. Good to see you. you too. So how are you feeling about this one?
1: Uh, very confident, which is oh. a little bit worrying. No, no, look at. Um, uh, I think it's very hard. I've looked at both teams this weekend and, and watched both games that they've played so far. Again, and Wales, Wales, in fairness, the results are actually okay considering the youth that's in that team and probably the the problems in Welsh rugby. But I also think they played against the Scotland team. Uh, um, who folded in the second half and allowed Wales come back at him and then England for the first half were down to 13 men for a period Um, Now in fairness they're a brave young team and it's probably going to be Warren Gatlin's biggest challenge ever Mm -hmm. to rebuild a, a team like this and get him back to the level that he did with previous Welsh teams because the foundations look to be completely broken in Welsh rugby and Yeah, there are uh, big
0: problems down in the lower ranks of the game in Wales
1: it, It's it's incredible um, Now, when I was there so I worked there in 2016-17 with the Dragons and at the time the two S- Welsh soccer teams Swansea and Cardiff got into the premiership mm-hmm. okay and the money that that basically came available to them because of status in the premiership um, allowed them to really invest in in valleys sports okay with the Welsh valleys, and so a lot of soccer clubs um, became affiliates of the, the junior soccer clubs became affiliates of the professional clubs and started to get money for uh, facilities investment all that stuff, and also soccer became much sexier. You know. Yeah, uh, you that know, was rugby the attractive was always, sport for r- the young fellas. Understand, rugby was always way, uh, well as a national sport but I don't think it is anymore and I think even though Swansea and Cardiff are not in the premiership anymore the legacy of them being there for a little while meant that the current 22, 23 year olds as 16, 17-year-olds, were swayed to play soccer. Mm-hmm. And now at the moment, you see club teams in Wales struggle to field uh, weekends. You know, so here, there's the healthy all-around league for the amateur players. There's, there's junior leagues, etc. And it's very rare that a team would, wouldn't be able to field a team and a, a, and a game would be cancelled. But I'm watching... Welsh uh, fixtures on a weekly basis being pulled because of insufficient numbers and then pitches are unplayable which I know can happen anywhere but again it's not happening in soccer because they invested in the facilities. So big problems, the Welsh regions are, their budgets are being cut and there's been governance problems um, at WRU level and Warren Gatland, they need someone as experienced as him who the players believe in because there's no logical reason why they will get back to the top.
0: So he mightn't be there yet with this young team that he has. But you can never really write off the Welsh spirit. Like, they are fighters, aren't yeah,
1: they? Yeah, they are. And if you, if you listen to what Kurt Warren has spoken about uh, uh, this year, he said, look, at when we put on that Welsh jersey, we've always been greater than the sum of our parts. Yeah. Um, and they do believe in that. And um, they will get a great kick out of and lift out of how they came back against Scotland and how they performed in Twickenham. But this is... On form Ireland are a different level. Um uh, like this team have been incredibly consistent. Um I was just did a piece for tomorrow pre match forty and we're top ranking in nearly all the metrics that you would want to be in and Wales are, are fourth or fifth in most of them so unless we underperform massively um, it should be a comfortable enough afternoon as comfortable as it can be in a 6 mm-hmm. like it's still a match and it's still a contest and things have to go well but it's yeah, very I, hard to see why where they would beat us
0: It's just more comfortable when you're the underdog I think And when you're a confident <laughs> underdog it feels like a better place to be but you're, you said there that the on-form Ireland team is so hard to beat and you're confident that we are on-form
1: Yeah we are we're very much on-form and Farrell has been able to bring back some players that he rested against Italy, um and we have Kieran Frawley coming in to get his first start in the Six Nations match at fullback, and that's the only real question mark. But like Calvin Nash was was that question mark two weeks ago or three weeks ago when we played France and he came in and performed really well. And Frawley over the last four or five years with Leinster, we've seen him step up to the big occasion. He's been very unlucky with injuries. So tomorrow he gets his chance to to start the Six Nations game and show that he has the the character and the, the confidence to go and compete at level. So, it's a it's a very strong team on paper. Um, and yeah, I, w- I would be very surprised if we don't. The business.
0: Can I ask you a little bit about the Irish team in the aftermath of the World Cup yeah. and how well they recovered from that absolutely devastating blow because we as fans saw it. we were all devastated, we move on with our lives. That's mm. not so easy to do when you were on those pitches.
1: No and they did. They, they were devastated and for some of them they know that they won't get to Australia for some of them know, they know that that was their chance um, and that isn't easy uh, to deal with but I think if you look at how the RFU and the provinces allowed those players, I suppose, recover from that, they most of them had a month off, okay, and they went all over the world and just got away from rugby, um, mm-hmm. and they came back to their provinces, and actually they came back quite slowly, you know, in terms of their form wasn't obvious, and it looked like there was a hangover, um, and then they put on that green jersey against France, and straight away back to the level we were at for the last two years, uh, whereas France, their players went back to their clubs two weeks after the World Cup, and actually some of them looked brilliant. And then when he got put on Welsh, her French jersey, it was obvious they hadn't dealt with that um, that setback mm-hmm. of having failed at a, at a home World Cup. So Farland, his leadership group, and the players deserve massive credit. I said it before. I think if you follow a team, no matter what sport it is, um, the, the two traits that you really admire are. For me, anyway, it's consistency and resilience, and I think this Irish team are are consistent and are showing good resilience now by able to not feel sorry for themselves and just keep yeah. going again. Well,
0: is there any debate around that around what you should do with a team after a blow like that? Because you hear about you know getting back on the horse, yeah. getting back out there, but in this case, it seems the break. Worked. Yeah, I
1: think look, at it, I think Ireland are very lucky because obviously the IRFU the contract them all, so they could say to the provinces they're getting. Three, four weeks off, you know, and but obviously in England, you can't do that because
0: they're they contracted by the
1: club, and French teams couldn't do that either. So it, it depends on what you can do contractually. And obviously, our the IRFU system allows us make that decision with the players best or welfare at heart. And maybe it's not, maybe it's more ruthless than that, maybe it's just to have them back ready mm-hmm. to play for Ireland. But for whatever reason, we seem to have got over it. Uh, better than I would have expected.
0: OK, now the Aviva Stadium has been criticised where the match is on tomorrow for the lack of atmosphere, problems with it, how it feels. Mm. What do you say to that?
1: Look, I'm... Um, I get lots of people giving out about it and most of the solutions are around what, more what beer. What are they
0: giving out about?
1: The atmosphere. right? But yeah. And But the solutions when you ask them is more beer, less beer, no beer, <laughs> more music... Less music, different music, and for me, it's not the music. It's actually that's all great, and that's that. that but, um, the pre-match entertainment and all that stuff is fine. But I always went to a Six Nations game, um, or, or, or a sporting occasion to watch the game. And I think that what we need to do is it's not the Aviva's fault. It's actually the game at the moment is so complicated. Mm-hmm. Um, even
0: oh, you were writing about this. Yeah, last well, just
1: it's not just me. I mean, Ron tweeted about it yeah. um, after the Scotland. Um, French game where the TMO had four minutes looking at a clip, uh, clips, different angles, and basically adjudicated that it wasn't a try because he had no clear evidence. I think we make it so hard for our officials by how finicky. And complex the rules are. Mm-hmm. And if they're if they're complex for officials who whose job is to be the experts, uh, if they're complex for coaches and players whose job is to be the experts, what well, how are we going to um help the the fan? You know, and, and look, some fans are fanatical, but other people who'll be in the stadium tomorrow aren't fanatical rugby fans. They're just there to to watch Ireland, mm-hmm. support Ireland to see an occasion. So I think that's something and I'm on, I'm on a working group with World Rugby to to try and make the game simpler. Um but we also don't want to dumb it down too much, but um, it's uh it's a. Couple. I think we get to, we get to, what happens between the four white lines, right? The, the atmosphere will come, and we can try all kinds of different things outside of that, and and they're all important. But for me, the core. Is what happens on the pitch, and that's something that we can definitely make better.
0: So the delays then that are caused by um, by watching the match back in order to make a, de- a decision on the rules and so on—is that partly to blame? Is it is. everyone's so like sitting would, there waiting for that decision.
1: Yeah, it is, and like often, I think we're not getting the right decision um, because of of the of the wording of what the referee asked the TMO to look at. So, for example, in that game. It's 99% sure that Scotland got that ball I oh, watched it yeah, back again yeah, last you know. night, yeah. Um, oh. But yet, in fairness, the TMO had no choice because he needed clear evidence and there wasn't that angle. Because bodies all jump on, the, on, on and cover up the cameras. That's what players are trained to do. Um, but what I won't compare it to Australian Rugby League, which is a sport that's thriving. And I'm not saying we have to copy other sports. But in that situation, for a try-no-try no, try decision, they give the benefit out to the attacking team and they make a decision very quickly mm-hmm. and that's become that becomes part and parcel of it and you get the reward for bringing that ball over the, the try line. You know, that's, and obviously if it's clearly not a try, it's not a try but they give the benefit out and it's made quickly and the game carries on. So the 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 English Times did a breakdown of last week's England-Wales um, game and the ball in playtime was 35 minutes but the time waited to get scrums reset was... 18 minutes line outs was 12 minutes so when you look at it like that like that's all dead time yes. you know that's all dead time and, and it's it's a stop start game um, it's not like football flows but we can definitely make it quicker and keep people engaged I think um, by a few small tweaks
0: Okay maybe it's the corporate crowd having the prawn sandwiches and they're just not that interested in it Yeah rugby. but they have
1: the right to be there as well like they will really <laughs> get look at I, 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 I'm, I've been in those boxes um, those people are there to to uh to be part of a, a, a of an event and ent- entertainment and i think if the game's compelling they will get behind it but uh, yeah i w- i would focus maybe i'm wrong but i focus on on the game itself and how we can make it better rather than um the prawn sandwiches. So,
0: so it's <laughs> what's going on on the pitch for you is is the most important thing. So yeah. if you can reduce the delays yes. and make it a game worth watching, you're going to get the atmosphere in the stadium. Absolutely. Okay. Um, right. They're going to win tomorrow. That's what you're saying? Yeah. Right. <clears throat> Thanks, Bernard. No Thanks, <laughs> Bernard Jackman, then.